0: Podcast about bongos and hand claps and sitting around quietly with no shoes on. Just kidding. Welcome to episode 67 of The Brian Oak Show. We are recording in the Smart Start MN studio here in the heart of South Minneapolis at 48th and Chicago, and it's good to be back. There's been a lot that's been going on lately, and that might be one of the most damning understatements I've ever uttered in my entire life. You know, you start with We start with COVID, then it magnifies to international racial unrest and demands for justice that literally the the stone thrown in the pond that sent that ripple around the world were here. But other people since then, other young African-Americans have been killed by police. And prior to that, many, many, many had been killed by police. So these are unusual times. And now, unfortunately... Amidst reopening, we are looking into the teeth of a presidential campaign. Like it or not, this November, we're going to have to vote for a president. And these are always unctuous and poisonous and awful. Did you
1: catch any of the rally over the weekend? I did not, but I saw that you (laughs) were posting about it. I just saw one uh, Trump political ad where I I knew Six months ago, he was going to do this, where he was just going to make fun of Biden, mm-hmm. and it's just so fucking bullyish.
0: Well, he he didn't oh, he didn't just make fun of Biden. So I I don't I guess I'm a masochist. Uh, I actually tuned into Fox News for the first time in years because they were really the only place carrying it wall to wall, wire to wire, right? And so yeah. I I wanted to see what he had to say. I wanted to see the reactions of the crowd. And here's my real complaint. You know, as you and I have talked about many times, I don't have. That deep a problem with reasonable conservatism. I do believe that we benefit from a marketplace of ideas. I, if we were all the same thing, it would be dull, right? And there'd be there'd be no need for compromise. There'd be Way no too need much for happiness. democracy. It would be it would be utopia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the fact that people think differently, I think that's fine. But this had nothing to do with standard conservatism. This was he never once spoke cogently about any platform or ideology, or uh, a a program position that he had, he spent the entire time fanning the flames of hatred and divisiveness, like his whole little speech about Ilhan Omar. Are you familiar with the book and or movie 1984? Oh yeah! All citizens were required to attend something called the two minutes hate every day to make sure that they got yeah. mad about an imaginary, you know, uh, an imaginary villain, and and it got everyone fired up. And so when he talked about who he called Ihan Ilan, Omar, no idea what he's talking about because oh my god, <laughs> um, the crowd just you know. And again, I know the crowds were much smaller than expected, and I don't know if it was sabotage or not, but I enjoyed it, uh, but. It, he he he's not talking about what he plans to do. He's not talking about measures that he plans to install. He's not talking about programs or situations that he wants to move forward. He's pointing out enemies and fanning the flames of hatred and divisiveness. And unfortunately, it, it was working so well, and I couldn't turn my I couldn't turn my head away. I did. You were right. I, that night, I posted a lot about it. I, I was fired up because, again, if you want to be a good conservative candidate, do it. Talk to me about your policies. Talk to me about the things you want to do. Don't try to inflame the base that is racist or divisive. And that's all he did for hours. And I watched, much to my detriment. If someone wrote on Facebook, "You must be a masochist." And I'm like, "Well, in certain regards, I don't. I don't want to wear a ball gag, but I. I there are parts of me that do like to not." Okay, well, maybe once in not a while I not again, a, yeah, no exactly, <laughs> well just once, once was enough, man, I'll try anything once Oops. um yeah, so I just that rally it, it was it was mind boggling, it was underattended, but it wasn't it wasn't about
1: promoting your position, it was about fomenting hate, and we can't live in that world, man. I just hope when he does debate Biden that there's a good moderator because as somebody who grew up actually debating, you know you're supposed to actually prove whatever you're You know, policies are, prove your criteria and that's what it's supposed to be. But, you know, it's going to be Trump just making fun of Biden to his face and bullying him the whole time,
0: which he did to one Ms. Clinton uh, back in the day. But also, I got to say, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Biden lover either. I'm not uh, at all. And I've got to admit, the last couple of times I've seen him speak. He's just a little off course. The crosshairs aren't right in the middle. and Makes me nervous. I, oh, the whole thing makes me nervous, man. And just amidst what we've gone through for the last few months, looking forward to that I just, I want 2020 to get better, but I feel like it's only going to get uglier. So, with that in mind, we are going to have a very pleasant conversation with today's guest, one, Rusty Gatenby. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you I've been looking for the silver linings, right? I've been looking for the positives in what we do and how we are. And. Other than doing this podcast, my other full-time gig, nearly full-time gig, is working at a record store. And what's been great about that is digging through and listening to records from bands I've never heard of. You know, I've never tried to be one of those guys. I'm like, I know all about this. I know all about that. I know all about everything. Of course, I've heard those guys, but I mainly am into their early stuff. Like, no, it's fun to put things on that I've never heard of before. For instance, I had a mind bender. Did I share this last week about Fastway? No. You familiar with the LA band Fastway? Never heard of them. Hair metal band, never really crossed over. Are you familiar with the Irish band Flogging Molly? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Dave King, lead, lead singer of Flogging Molly. Yeah. Back in the 80s, he had this crazy <laughs> ginger mullet, and he was the lead singer of an L.A. metal hair metal band called Fastway before he went on to Flogging Molly.
1: That's fantastic. i got to
0: check it out. I still can't get my head around. You know, if you look at a picture of them, you're like, there's no way. And then you look at a picture of them later, you're like, holy shit, that's Dave King. <laughs> So I love those always learning moments. That one I've had a hard time getting my head around. But I've also gone deeper on some bands that I thought I knew a lot about and didn't know that much about. And one is the Bay Area band out of San Francisco, Flaming Groovies. Now, Shake Some Action is when they sort of reinvented themselves in the mid-70s and turned into this sort of amazing power pop band. But before that, they were pretty hardcore for their first three albums, Blues, Shuffle Boogie Band, and Shuffle Boogie, saying those words out loud makes me sick to my stomach. But... (laughs) I
1: put this record I can just imagine it.
0: <laughs> I put I put this record on the other day and it was so damn good. And so I want to go back to their 1970 album, Flamingo and this song is called because I just I want to I want to clear the palette. I don't want to think about the world right now and that's why I've been enjoying some uh, enjoying um, I've been enjoying finding some of these records on the Kama Sutra label. this is uh, Flamingo is the name of the album and the song is called Second Cousin on the Brian Oak Show.
2: Second cousin, don't go down the side and say that loving is not Well, she's my second cousin. Come
0: Harvest, Dancing in the Moonlight, episode 67 of the Brian Oak Show. Let's introduce our guest. You know, he his...
3: wanted a palate change. I, I,
0: I, dude, but that's the whole bit. Like, it's been all so heavy and so crazy lately. That was absolutely perfect. I haven't heard that song in a minute. Right. Have you been listening to WDGY at all, by the way? <laughs> no. They, they are on fire right now. They are a right? combination of old school KQRS and oh. sunshine pop era... Uh, cool 108 you know both those stations have changed so radically yeah but if you if you long for the days of King Harvest <laughs> I cannot recommend WDGY enough right now I, I think they're absolutely killing him let's introduce our guest I, I know him as a movie reviewer to the stars I've seen yes. him I've seen him interview literally the glitterati the the Hollywood mm. a-listers mm-hmm. for many many moons and we'll talk more about that in a minute but Rusty Gatenby hello how are you
3: hey good thanks how's your lockdown lockdowns all right <laughs> okay you know with the uh, with the uh, summer now i've made a point of getting out on the bike and seeing my summer uh, on the on the bike Bicycle, yes, bicycle. Okay, so I, get, I'm
0: just checking because I, I have friends who are motorcycle sure. enthusiasts. to call it their bike, and so right. I, I didn't know if you were like a get your motor running.
3: <laughs> no, I'm too much of a wuss. Yeah, same. <laughs> I hate motorcycles. So I mean, right I, I've, I've ridden motorcycles. My dad had a motorcycle when I was growing up, uh-huh. and he would you know go off to work, and this guy would take the motorcycle, and then he finally got rid of the motorcycle because oh, right. the neighbor said, you know what, your son is doing while you're away is <laughs> riding your <laughs> motor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could you? Did you pop a wheelie? Uh, no, not on the motorcycle. Yeah, okay, no. well, good for you. Good for you. Hey, before we metaphorically, get... did yeah, you <laughs> pop I that was a wheelie? <laughs> I thought that was a sexual
3: question. Exactly. Are you happy to be here? I, I, didn't,
0: I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Happy to um, be here. I popped a wheelie before we. Before we. It's gonna be one of those shows. I think we might have to change the name of this show to Pop a Wheelie. <laughs> um, before we go and get to our first sponsor, why King Harvest? Why did you pick that song?
3: So uh, I I was going to talk to you about how uh, growing up, uh, I was kind of the go-to guy. Growing up in the 70s, it was a milk carton of albums that I would bring to the parties. And then it became, uh, I would make mixtapes through the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. And so you always had to play the ones that people wanted to hear. Back in the 70s, it was Ariel Speed Wagon Riding the Storm Out, and Freebird and all that stuff. I got nothing against the wagon, man. So (laughs) I would always have to find a handful, though, that maybe wasn't on their radar. They weren't aware of it, but still got them going. Uh-huh. And recently we were on a ski trip and my buddy did it to us. He we were in an Uber coming back from, you know, town back to and he said, "All right, we're going to play this song." And sure enough, like 30 seconds into it, four guys are dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> exactly. I said, Son of a bitch, you just did that. You
0: made that moment happen. I love yacht rock, and so I, and I, I listen to a lot of it. Not all day, every day. Like, I like to have the widest variety possible. Yeah. I want to hear something savage and hardcore, and then I want to hear Dance in the Moonlight. I haven't heard that song in 20 years. That was right. an excellent pull. Right. An excellent yeah. Yeah, pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, as we just talked about off-air, England Dan and John Ford Coley, really love to see you tonight. (laughs) All right, before we talk more to Rusty Gatenby and hear a lot more music, because he has made more than a couple picks, I'm going to be honest, (laughs) Um, we should thank Smart Start MN, the primary sponsors of The Brian Oak Show. Smart Start MN are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the ones who pioneered this groundbreaking situation where if you get a DUI, First of all, don't get a DUI, but lots of us, and I am saying us, have had DUIs, (laughs) Um, and getting, getting back on the road is crucial, but very, very difficult after you have a DUI. You will lose your license before you are even charged. It's going to be a long road to hoe, but it's an important thing to do to take care of it because once you get the ignition interlock, which is essentially a breathalyzer being installed in your car, once you get it back in there, you are allowed to drive if you blow clean, so you can get your kids to daycare. You can get yourself back to work. You can get your
1: kids to boomerang lessons whatever the case may be if my kids take boomerang lessons they can fucking walk <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, well, they're going to
1: be kidding. doing a lot of walking cuz
0: you know <laughs> that very first time you
1: throw you it you go it's, it's, watch
0: you keep going back to a boomerang <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's 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 not <laughs> Wow, It's it's not coming back the first time. So There'll be, there'll be plenty of walking, uh, whatever the case may be. My point is you'll need to get back on the road. You'll need to get back to your life as soon as you possibly can and as inexpensively as you pop, pop, possibly can. Smart Start MN, that's what they do, Sean.
1: Absolutely. Just go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock so you can drive your kids to skateboard lessons that's a more normal thing than boomerang do you think that if you what, really what about, need lessons you'd be about, kind of a nerdy what everyone needs <laughs> lessons unless you grew up in the outback
0: you need lessons on throwing a boomerang true. that's true. and what about <laughs> highlight <laughs> high what about a, uh, You know what? It's very exotic, and so <laughs> after after I'm done playing baccarat oh, in Monaco, I like to, I like to go watch Hi-Li. High competitive highline. Anyway, um, and real quickly before we get back to Rusty, I do want to thank Audioquip. Audioquip.com. They are the ones who have hooked us up with all this incredible equipment, our computer, the microphones, the mixer, the, you know, the entire thing that makes it possible here in the Smart Start MN studio. Audioquip does a good job. And now we're slowly reopening. So you may at some point decide, I'm going to go back out and do a distance TED Talk or presentation, (laughs) our good friends at The Hook and Ladder are starting to run shows again. If you're going to get back out, if you need professional broadcasting or equipment, or if you need professional performing equipment for any reason, audioquip.com. And I recommend them not just because they've been such good supporters of The Brian Oak Show, but Nate and the entire crew are just rock solid people, man. They're real human beings, and they're good to work with, and they actually care about the stuff that matters.
1: Give them a shot at an estimate cuz a lot of people that book that stuff they try a couple of different companies and look at, you know, price and service and all that stuff, but please give them a shot audioquip.com. Rusty Gatenby, So,
0: let's before we move forward, let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Yes. Where where were you summoned? <laughs> where 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 where,
3: where, where does your day so, one start? Uh actually, was born in the Chicago area, okay? Until age 12, and then I said, "Dad, let's move." And he said, all right, I'll get a promotion. (laughs) Wait a minute. Is that how that works? Yeah. Is that how that works? So he... Moved us up here to Minnesota during my seventh grade, and we landed in Wayzata. Weird spot, but
0: a weird time of life to move. My, yeah, my was sister, not happy. my sister had to move at that same age, and she had finally settled in, finally found a yeah. group of friends. I'm six years older than my sister, so I opted to stay here. They all moved to Rhode Island. Was, uh, that, a, was that a tough transition?
3: Uh, yeah, but it didn't take long because I, I met with my buddies who I'm still buddies with. Uh, right away. Fortunately. A couple of great guys lived in the neighborhood. We rode the bus together. Right. We sketched behind the bus in the oh, yeah. in the winter. Whew, you know that's you know. not safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Brian Oak Show in no way endorses skitching. Only I, in the winter. We uh, never uh, skitched uh, in the summer. Oh well, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Unless
0: you got roller skates or it's a hover <laughs> bike or something. No, but skitching. Uh, I like to hear stories about it. But oh man, when I watch people do it, it made me so nervous. I'm like, I thought that, that you did that. <laughs> that kid's gonna die. We whip shitties, all right? We
3: whip donuts. Well, that was later on. Well, we got our yeah yeah yeah. But so s- I quickly acclimated and fell in love with the Wayzata area yeah. and Minnetonka, and we were on that lake all the time. We were uh, Big Island before it became you know the craziness that it is now. Right, we were able to go out there as kids and camp out on Big Island, and no one would be there really back in the '70s. That had to be it, a blast. Yeah, it
0: was awesome because if you go out to Big Island, oh, even
3: stupid on a, on a small day, it's.
0: I don't like it. it no, it's like... <laughs> I don't like it. It, it, it. You don't kids, like get it. off my island! It, 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 it's like Ibiza. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And poop, Although... And dirty. Yeah. A lot of peeing. Yeah. A lot of...
4: Yeah. Turns, <laughs>
0: oh.
3: So, anyway, I'm do sorry me. to interrupt. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you. So, so I be- quickly became a Minnesotan yeah. and fell in love. I learned how to downhill ski up here because you have the mountains of Afton, right. you know? Oh, yes. Joined the ski club, and- the majestic peaks of Afton. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, and then in high school, we would road trip out west to do our skiing. But, yeah, no, I quickly fell in love with Minnesota and, and it ended up being great. So, fast forward. You do you study broadcasting in college? How do you find your vector mm. to broadcasting? Yeah, so I went to. I wanted to uh, made Super Eight movies growing up. Wanted to be Spielberg. Really and got my gang together, and we would have film festivals actually at the at the high school. Super Eight.
0: I'm stopping you for one second. The first movie you made. What was the subject matter?
3: So the first movie was basically we were inspired by Laurel and Hardy because our Super Eight basically was silent. Right, but we would take cassettes and and add music to it, so kind of like the silent movie. Yeah, yeah. It was called uh, Super Stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the soup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was basically uh, a, a, one of our buddies who, who, who a uh, short little Italian guy, kind of looked like the Fonz. We put a cape on him, and he would go out and rescue kids who were being bullied. Like, he took my ball away, and we'd make him fly and run and all over White Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. So right.
0: so you start making movies. You fall yeah. in love with movies. But still, it doesn't automatically mean that you get to be the premier movie reviewer in right. the Twin Cities. What's that vector like, the short version of the story? So
3: I went to college. I wanted to go to UCLA. We looked at, you know, <laughs> this is how much it's going to cost you. I think back then it was like 12 grand. We thought it was outrageous. <laughs> it was back then. <laughs> so I went to Madison because they had a film school and the uh, Zucker Brothers had graduated, airplane plane. Hello. Mm-hmm. So I went all right. That's a good second choice. So I went there and loved it. Fell in love with Badger experience down there at Madtown. And then from there, uh actually during there, that, that's where I met one of my buddies who became a writer. We both loved it. Worked on projects uh together at college. He went on to LA. That was going to be our plan. And uh I ended up taking I applied everywhere here after college. All the ad agencies. Uh, I used my creative writing skills, and I landed a job at KSTP, like the entry level. With the idea being just going to gather some, you know, traction here, some money, so I can move out to LA. Flash forward thirty-one years later, before <laughs> I left, and my writing partner created the show Modern Family. So, wait, wait, Modern Family, hello, Modern Family, yeah, like the one that just wrapped up. Steve Levitan, uh, and, and he had many other successes. He's won Emmys for. He wrote for Frasier, the Gary Shandling show. Right, right, right. Created Wings, uh, just shoot me. Rather wrote for Wings, created just shoot me. Yeah, so he's had great success out there.
0: I understand that Modern Family was a relatively popular show.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Won the uh, best comedy five years straight, and that's a record. Wow. Have you and were you on that <laughs> I, show? I was on that show. Tell me, I was actually on the finale. I'm here's a trivia question for you. If they say who was the last actor ever given credit. In Modern Family, the answer is Rusty Gatenby. Before we talk any more about your
0: (laughs) unusual and rich and...
3: You're gonna ask why I'm not wearing pants? Well <laughs> no, that's what we do no, here at, at the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> I'm but... about to pop a wheelie. Yeah, that...
0: <laughs> no, you're not. You're about to tell me about the next song we're going to play. Okay. All right. Which is Two Little Hitlers. Right? So I don't know this song.
3: <laughs> really? You don't? Two so little Hitlers. You you will recognize it. So will I? yes. Totally. So in the 80s, when I do my little mixtapes, and Mm -hmm. you know, what were some of the 80s, top 40, you know, and I have all those 80s songs. Yeah. And then this guy, Elvis Costello. I, you know. I know Elvis Costello. I I have to admit,
0: I've got a bit of a block in my brain because. Uh, You don't like him? In my 25 years of doing musical interviews, you know, as long as you've done TV and talked to movie stars, I guarantee that you've met a couple of movie stars that were absolute assholes to you. Oh, he was number an number one worst of all time. <laughs> oh my, Elvis Costello, <laughs> I which can, is a I can see that because I, I've talked to people who are like I don't know that I've ever met anyone nicer. And I'm like, well, either I caught him on a bad day, sure. Uh, well, and again, I want to talk to you more about this on the other side of the song because yeah. you know a lot of people hate doing promo, right? And a yeah. lot of what you had to do was them having to do promo for their movies, right? right? And sometimes they're in the mood, and sometimes they're not. (laughs) Not only was he not in the mood, he went out of his way to be a cruel bastard that day. Now, I've heard from many people that he's actually a wonderful individual, but he's sort of notorious for hating the press.
3: So I had a surreal moment real quick with Elvis Costello. I was at the Beverly uh, Beverly Hills Four Seasons Mm -hmm. out front waiting for my cab, and Elvis had just put out new music, and I'm listening to new music by Elvis Costello. Costello and out walks Elvis Costello just standing <laughs> in the taxi line, shoulder to shoulder with me. Right. I look over and smile and smiles smiles. I go, you're not going to believe this. And I take off my headsets and he's receptive and I put it on and he goes, oh, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've heard
0: from so many people. He's amazing. I've never met a bigger, S- dick, bigger dick in my dick. life. But well. anyway, but but anyway, I want, but, but <laughs> listen also, to this song. Two listen Little to, Hitlers.
3: Listen to this song. This was a palate cleanser that got the crowd they would uh, they would perk up and go. What am I listening to? And I think the lyrics are pretty cool for right now.
5: Wow, we're to this so old. I'm up late facing the floor. I won't be told you have your reservations. I and sold. I Some junk slacks, bowing, squawking, running at the tidbits, bobbing and squinting just slack. Step around.
0: I think I was clear enough, you know Rusty Gatenby love chose it. that song right there, two little Hitlers. It's, it's a fantastic song. I think that's why it stung so bad that he was right. such an ass was that I love his music. I think he's right. wildly talented. Yeah. but again, I know many people who have met him, whether it's backstage, in passing, interviews, whatever, who are like, mm. "He's a gem." And I'm like, yeah. "Well, for whatever reason, <laughs> on that particular day, he Ouch. was not in gem mood. It's the Brian Oak Show. We'll get back to Rusty Gatenby in just a moment. First, though, we're going to talk to another sponsor of the Brian Oak Show. That would be one Sean Bernard, uh, who is my friend, uh, the producer, co-LLC owner of the Brian Oak Show, and also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 15th of France location. Are things still as chaotic as they were... I mean, last time we talked, you're like, it's busy. It keeps just going and going and going.
1: Yeah, our last two sales meetings have been about multiple offers and different techniques to win the deal for your client and everything, and and it's kind of crazy that we're doing as well as we are. Now, you look at the newspaper, and they say different things, but they're looking at national trends. The Twin Cities, as we all know in this room, is very different than the rest of the country. True. I don't know why, except for that we're Homerville, but... People seem to kind of be somewhat frugal. They save their money. They kind of plan to buy a house. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what happened is that there are people that six months ago said, I'm going to buy or sell my house. And they didn't change their mind just because of pesky little (laughs) COVID-19. So um, we are being incredibly safe still. And I wear a mask and use the hand sanitizer and everything else. But give me a call uh, at 612-859-2594. You can text that number as well, 612-859-2594, and at least we'll do the homework, and we'll uh, learn a little bit more about what your situation is, if it's time to sell, if it's time to, you know, maybe... Just prepare to sell and do, make some uh, upgrades and that sort of thing, so you're mm-hmm. ready to go to
0: market. Well, and, and that's the whole bit. Like I keep, so I don't. I try not to delve too much into the news, other than watching that Trump rally the other night. <laughs> I really, but I mean, like you can only watch so much of it a day before it starts to eat your head, right? But every time you see the map, we're not done yet, right? We're nowhere near done with coronavirus and especially the eastern states, but there are still a few in the southeast, or not not eastern, sorry, western states. There's still a few in the southeast, a few in the northeast. Minnesota's rates have stayed flat, so we haven't flooded our emergency rooms or our ICUs yet. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So taking these safe approaches, can I say something bluntly? Sure. Wear your fucking mask (laughs) and wash your fucking hands. Rusty, how do you feel about those statements? I agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Even though i uh, I was a little indulgent there, and i I don't know that coarse language always helps the situation. <laughs> However, it. it, it there 's a reason that we we have not necess- well, we maybe have flattened the curve, but the curve has not gotten back down, but there are states, many of them to our west, that are seeing spikes every single damn day due to reopening, and yes there 's reopening here in Minnesota. Go slow, take it easy don 't don't go to a foam dance, you know. Remember, remember foam dance. With your boomerang? Oh, I've had my, I've had this boomerang all over my body. Try Don't and catch it. Don't pop
1: a wheelie at the foam <laughs> no, dance. Oh
4: my god!
3: No.
0: How do you not pop a wheelie at a foam <laughs> at dance? A foam dance. Yeah. Rusty Gatenby, So you get into interviewing and you get yeah. into media.
3: So you're at KSTP. My, so. I was going to say, the, the, the cool thing at KSTP is, well, it's not a union shop, so you can touch equipment. Right. You know, so I, immediately... Which is
0: different, by the way. For people who don't know about broadcasting, yeah. you and I both did broadcasting for decades. Um, if you're in certain studios, if it's a union shop,
3: only right. engineers can touch that shit. Like, you're not allowed to touch anything. Right. right. So I, I took advantage of it. I taught myself, you know, or you know, ask the editors, hey, how do you do that? How do you? an editor, photographer, director. Right. Uh, they didn't really have an entertainment beat. I worked my way into that. Uh, got myself on air. I was the first helicopter traffic reporter in this market. I was in a helicopter for four years. How many times have you been in a helicopter? Oh, my gosh. Well, it was five days a week for four years. Wow. So. What?
0: Yeah. So you've been in a helicopter more than a 1,000 times. Yeah, yeah.
3: And crashed in a helicopter. I'm sorry. One more time? Yeah. <laughs> we blew the engine at 600 feet. Oh. <gasps> dropped in flames 100 feet a second, and crashed over 494 and 100. So did you poop a little bit, or was it blood pee? (laughs) So I realized... uh,
1: (laughs) Blood pee. That just flowed right out of you Oh, (laughs) Dude, that is not the first time (laughs) I've said blood pee. Come on. Dude,
0: no, no, but here's (laughs) the bit. So again, again, even if you're... You know I popped a
4: wheelie. Oh, my
0: God. Even if you are are an, an experienced helicopter passenger yeah, yeah. at 600 feet with if no the engine, engine goes and it's silent now and, and, Okay, and so so that right there so i don't feel like blood pee is an unreasonable <laughs> reaction i feel like blood pee is maybe something that would actually be more standard than not
3: so at 600 feet the engine goes it's Oof. quiet the rotor's stop moving yeah so contrary what? to what you're you're what you would think uh, my pilot, Lon, puts us into auto-rotation, which he's now forcing the helicopter into a dive. He's taking the blades out of out of a gear nope. so that the gravity keeps those spinning. Yep. My notebook starts to levitate off my lap. As oh, far. man. It's like... Like vomit uh, comet. It's like the wild thing at the Valley Fair times two, because you're driving 100 feet a second. And just before <laughs> impact, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to live, but this glass is going to cut up my face. I'm going to break both my legs. This will be interesting. I, I, I wonder what this pain is going to feel like. We hit. The doors fly off. We sink in. I take inventory. Not a scratch. I look over to the pilot. He's fine. I raise my hand. I go, high five? And he goes, I just totaled the helicopter. I said, fuck you. High five me right
4: now. can
0: when you're when you're the the traffic chopper guy so you're you're going all
3: over the place where did you go oh yeah uh, where, where did you go down where where did this happen so you know where the Camelot restaurant is uh 494 and 100 I know exactly where that yeah. is so there's like I live a, not far from there what quadrant would that be north is Camelot East? still there it's a museum now I okay think. yeah, yeah right. it was a restaurant right i remember that way back in the day yeah 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 so there was a parking lot there and I, some company we Crashed into their company at 6.55 a.m. Did you hit a building? Did you hit a marsh? Did you hit a freeway? Did you hit a parking lot? It was a parking lot. And as we were coming down, there were the the higher industrial telephone wires. So he actually had to flare the blades sooner than he wanted to. So he just drift over the wires, which felt like inches, but we cleared it. And then we dropped again, and we hit harder than we should have. And that's why he totaled the helicopter But. Hey, high-five me, motherfucker. Oh, look, look. engines when, when the, engines, when the engines go out at 600 feet, yeah. you're like, oh, he totaled the helicopter harder than he should have. I'm like,
0: what, you yeah. shouldn't be
3: alive. It's
1: game on when that happens, man. Holy it is game crap.
3: on. All right, before we talk about you interviewing movie stars, let's go on to this next song. Well, uh,
1: why don't you pick one of the ones that you have so can of you the So just give him a flavor
3: of Beaujac, because this was a palate changer. Just just to mo- keep our mics on. Do you have that yeah, one? Yeah, I will. All right, yeah, so, will. so this is... After you know all the top 40 songs i put this on i Mm -hmm. listen to this guy and it was come on right
0: yeah suddenly people perk up and go what am i listening to i know i know zydeco i know southern music i just don't know this song it's hard not to
3: move when it's on right in the mixture of other top 40 stuff oh suddenly people are going and they can't help they're out there on the dance floor So, yeah, I would like to mix in stuff like Gypsy Kings. I started playing them before they were huge. So, my
0: wife and I, we come from different worlds. She also grew up in the Chicago area, and growing up for me, there was no, not because, oh, I'm even afraid to say this out loud in our current Uh-oh. day and age, Uh-oh. but there, there was no soul and R&B. There was a little Hendrix. Mm -hmm. There was a little Aretha Franklin. There was a little James Brown, but very little. Growing up in my house, it was the Beatles, the Birds, the Beach Boys, because that's where my parents were from. Yeah. And then uh, my wife brought Rufus and Shaka Khan. She Ah. brought The Temptations. She brought all this stuff to me, but she also brought some Southern stuff to me. I'm like, I don't know this music. And as I mentioned, I love learning. I love hearing about this stuff.
3: Yeah. And add for the palette right yeah remember this one you'll recognize the chorus yes.
2: <laughs> same thing i would put this on suddenly people's heads turn what are we listening to but they love it they
0: love it they're impossibly good musicians and harmonizers. Yeah. There's a song called Vamos a la playa by yeah. Gypsy Kings. My wife, it was the first one she ever played for me. Turn that up for a little.
6: Here we
0: Right. This is the second French group you'd play for us <laughs>
3: I didn't mean to Well, that's okay I, I, I took, de I de took de five huge French de
0: Oh, my oui.
3: Oh, regardez
0: moi, my willy Mon petit chou <laughs> Oh, all of our potential French listeners That's are gone right, forever. Shoes. Yeah, <laughs> They're like, first he said blood pee, and then they made fun of our <laughs> language.
3: Poor show
0: We're talking to Rusty Gatenby. Before we continue, I believe that we need to talk about our good friends at Buster's on 28th. We do. You and I had a good little get-together over there the other day to hand out some tote bags. By the way, Patreon members, we've got your tote bag, but you need to come find us. If we mail all those tote bags... We'll go bankrupt. Yes. So we need to have, we need to have another get-together to invite more Patreon members.
1: We'll figure out something in the not-too-distant future. And we gave away a good number of them Yeah, shoot, shoot me an email, too. I also delivered a few of them but because uh, I was heading out to Stillwater and some people are on the way. Right. But uh, please just get a hold of me, and we can either meet you before the show or after the show or do an event sometime again soon. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me, Sean Bernard at com, or okay. you can call me, 612-859-2594. What Back do you it s- up on your podcast if you want to hear that again. What do you say
0: if, now I know that we're trying to be careful with social distancing. We all have masks on in here right now. I mean, we have them, but we're not ma- wearing them because yeah. we, this place is so covered in bleach right now. <laughs> Good fucking luck, coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you say... The first two VIPs that get a hold of you, they're welcome to come down and watch a live recording here.
1: I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. All right. As long as our guest is comfortable with it, whoever that guest may be at that particular point. Our guest today is Rusty Gatenby. So... You've survived a helicopter crash <gasps> yes. from 600 feet. Right. I already find you relatively impressive. I just, um, <laughs> I, and so I don't feel like blood pee was strong enough. I no. feel like whatever the next level is above blood pee, yeah. that's probably what should have happened there. But you, did you walk out of the I helicopter?
3: Did. I did. It was funny. Uh, 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 Mr. Hubbard, you know, I said, I'm fine. He said, no, we just, you need you to go to the, hu- the emergency room just to get checked out. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, I wa- I walk in there. And the ladies, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, how can I help you? Why are you here? I was like, I I was in a helicopter crash.
1: <laughs> Smart ass.
3: But <laughs> heli- you were in a helicopter I, crash. I was in a helicopter crash. She's <laughs> looking at me like, where's the spewing blood? And I'm like, no, I am I think I'm okay. And I was. Did did the driver get I mean did the,
0: so the pilot did he get reprimanded for no. for crashing it too hard? No no no
3: no so insurance you know god <laughs> yeah. love insurance yeah, yeah it was a well, mechanical no, which is failure fine, and... but i
0: mean like it was mechanical failure dude that that right there i've never heard that story <laughs> and that's my favorite part of your story although we're going to get into some deeper stuff here All real right. quick so you craft a position for yourself as an exactly. en- entertainer uh, entertainment feature reporter, reporter,
3: feature reporter. I would do lifestyle, anything that wasn't a crime, right? Qu- and quick story, and I, I loved that I had this lane, you know, carved out there. Anything that wasn't a crime, I would do. I was going to be leaving for something, and Elton John. I had arranged an Elton John interview. Uh, he had just sold out like eleven shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I forget what it was. I think it was a family thing. I had to back out, and at the morning meeting, so then the news director, I was like, okay. Uh, for if Rusty can't do it. Who can do the Elton John thing? And these, they looked down on entertainment. They were, they were like, oh, like, like it was a turd. They had to accept. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I stopped <laughs> and went, it's Elton John, guys. you? you why Elton, are you not art wrestling? Elton John. Why are you not art wrestling <laughs> to see who's going to interview Elton John right Everyone's now?
0: Everyone's like, I don't, wanna Elton. I I don't, don't want to go. Oh, it's wanna beneath me. John, it's oh. so beneath me. Again. It's weird because, you know, like I've done this for a long time, too. You've interviewed so many stars, and I have also had the privilege of doing the same thing. And there are some where you're like, well, I don't feel like there's that much at stake, but I'm still going to do my homework. I'm still going to take care of it. But then there are some where you're like, (sighs) you you have a hard time
3: regulating your breath, and you feel a little panicky about it. Elton
0: John, man.
3: Who I I I had interviewed him before, so it, you know I wasn't I didn't feel horrible, and I think it was a family thing that I had to go to. But yes, Paul McCartney. I stayed up, mm. you know, the first time and, and prepped and prepped and prepped, and I was fortunate enough to then interview him uh, several more times, a mm-hmm, couple more times.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: The one time though, those were via satellite. That was a huge thing, you know. So we were up on a split screen. I could see him. He's listening to me. Uh, and answering my questions, my, I was about to have another child at the time, and I said, uh, "What, well, Paul? I'm thinking about uh, naming my uh, son either John, Paul, and he goes George or Ringo." <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like,
0: yeah, <laughs> you should
3: name him Oil because you're rusty. <laughs> like, Whoa, no.
6: hey, Oil can,
3: <laughs> Oil <laughs> can. So it's a different time, Beverly Hills, uh, Four Seasons. Um, a couple of other reporters from Washington and Denver or whatever were waiting to carpool it to the airport. And the one, we're waiting on the guy from Washington, D.C., and he's late. He comes up breathless and he goes, I just ran into Paul McCartney in the hallway. And I went, Paul McCartney's in the building? Yeah. he He looked like he had workout clothes on. I went, Guys, don't wait for me. Paul McCartney's in the building. I'm oh. gonna go meet Paul McCartney. I'll get my own ride. Yeah, right, no worries. Right. so I'm like, I'm got my <laughs> blazer on and khakis from the interview, and I'm I know I know where the gym is, and it's a small gym, not much bigger than this room actually. It's more L-shaped. First I go, and it's right off the pool, so I go, I scope the pool. I go, well, maybe he's at the pool. No, no, Paul McCartney at the pool. I go into the doors, and around the corner, I hear, and he's talking to his then girlfriend, now wife. You know, have a good workout, love. And I'm like, that's Paul McCartney's. Holy Paul McCartney shit. Is around the corner. Paul, McCartney, Paul McCartney, man. He's around the corner. <laughs> so I Chris Farley myself around the corner.
0: Were you more scared to meet Paul McCartney or crashing in a
3: helicopter? Paul McCartney, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Continue your story. He's on an exercise ball and he's tying his shoes. So I walk around the corner and it's so cramped that now my groin is like two inches from his mop top as he's head down tying his shoes. And he looks up at me and goes, All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, A.K.A. Papa Wheelie. <laughs> yeah.
4: I did not. I was total turtle at that moment. <laughs>
3: I was a complete turtle at that time. Oh, so then I stumble over to the table that has, like, the apples in the USA Today and the Wall Street Journal in the water. And I'm thinking, all right, what do I say? What do I say? And every time I look over, he's now doing sit-ups. He's looking at me. So every time I look over, he's on the up, and we're making eye contact. Just making it more weird. So they're like, oh, I'm like what like, I love your music. Everyone says that. Uh, listen, Tisa, everyone says that. What do I say? What do I say? Uh, and I look at. Finally, God love him. He gets up, and he starts walking toward me. He goes, you're a bit overdressed for the gym. <laughs> <laughs>
4: nice.
3: <laughs> and I go, I just, I worked out earlier. I'm just here for the apple. And he goes, oh, you know me, I love apple. And he raises his hand, and I'm like, oh, we're going to high five. And he high fives me. And he turns around, and I went, that was his cue. That was his way of ending this awkward moment. Gave me the high five. Now's my cue to walk away. And that so, was my Paul McCartney moment.
0: Being in uh, the industry, broadcast industry, I'm sure that you've been on both ends of this. Knowing when to end it is the whole bit. Yeah. It's the whole bit. Like, read the room. You've got to have situational awareness. You've yeah. got to know when to end it. If they're into it, he he gave you a few minutes of his time, which literally half the planet wants. Yeah. And he gave you some of it, and he gave you the high five. You knew it was time to stop, yeah. and you stopped. <laughs> but the number of people who don't know when it's time to stop yeah. and just stand there awkwardly awkwardly looking at you like, hi. <laughs> well,
3: I've, re- hi. I've replayed the thing many times going, I, I still should have said something. But No, you did the right thing. I, I played it cool. I'm like, okay. You've you're... touched Paul McCartney,
0: <laughs> man. High so five. let me make sure. Rusty Gatenby has both survived a helicopter crash mm. and touched Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a little bit more about some of the movie star interactions you've yeah. had, but we're a ways into the show, and we can't all go right. a lot longer. Let's pick one of these songs. Which one would you like to hear next?
3: All right. Well, are we, are we going to end with a song, too, or should we end with a sure. song,
0: too? Oh, we're we're right. ending with Prince. I promise you that. So oh, okay. oh, Prince well, is not right. going away. So
3: here's one I think that, because my... Uh, my dad grew up Johnny Cash and Andy Arnold in the countryside. Oh, My mom yeah, was yeah, more yeah. Uh, Broadway tunes. So let's I play love this. A good show let's too. play this song from uh, South Pacific, written in 1949. Listen to the lyrics. 1949, and it pertains to now.
0: Now I can. I can. I love South Pacific. I'm actually a musical theater guy. I, uh-huh. I love, I love a ton of it. Uh, and South Pacific, I know, wash that man right out of my I hair. Wash that man right I know nothing hair. like a dame. I, like a it, dame. Oh, <laughs> we got sunlight on the sand. We got oh my god. Anyway, um, oh, here's the problem is. Put your pants I, back on. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> pop a wheelie. I don't, I don't. I don't want to hear it every day, all day. Yeah. But ballyhoo. <laughs> oh my God! There <laughs> will
7: come a stranger. There, there's a reason. So
0: I don't. But I don't have every song from South Pacific Listen in my in my mega mix. This one I'm excited to hear because Listen I don't it. really know it that well. All right. Oh, the lyrics. Okay.
7: You've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed in your dear little ear. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught. To be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made And people whose skin is a different shade You've got to be carefully taught You've got to be taught before it's too late Before you are six or seven or eight. To hate all the people your relatives hate. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be carefully taught. Wow, right?
0: Um. What's interesting is it might be easy, especially back when that was written, to overlook what it actually meant. Um but for those of us here we are what couple generations, three generations later yeah. to hear that is nobody is born with hate in their heart. Yeah. You've got to be carefully taught if you're going to learn to hate or discriminate or diminish What an excellent pull on your part, Rusty Gatenby.
3: (laughs) What's depressing, though, is it was written so long ago, you would have thought those people would have saw the show in 1949 and went, yes, we must stop this. And then we get on board.
1: Bunch of show tunes listening to, <laughs> <laughs> musical going. But, but even <laughs> if, if you think
0: about osmosis, like 71 oh, years ago, by now, yeah. maybe we've got it figured Somebody. out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns yeah. out, no, we don't. So here's no. the deal. So our art studio, the Smart Start MN studio here in 48th Chicago, is 10 blocks south of Ground Zero, where George Floyd Crazy. was murdered. Over in my neck of the woods where I live on Hiawatha, in South Hiawatha, in southeast Minneapolis, mile and a half, maybe a mile from all the destruction, the burning... But it's spread to everywhere. In fact, it's rippled throughout the country and really around the world. Yeah. It's um, it's heavy, man. Like I mean, you, you you, it's forcing us to take a new look at who we are. Like you know, what? I put, hope so. I'll put I myself. So. I'll put myself in the spotlight. Always considered myself cool, white, liberal guy who understands everybody <laughs> and is down with everything. But maybe never really appreciated the full level of white privilege I've been afforded to be that guy, right? Like, and didn't have to pay the price that other people have had to pay. That song right there is another eye-opener. That's a really, really good pull. Cool. Rusty Gatenby is our guest. So, Rusty, Mm -hmm. uh, as we wrap up things here on The Brian Oak Show, episode 67, so you craft this position for yourself. You become media guy and this was back in the era still because i was there as well i got to go on a couple press junkets myself you you went on press junkets constantly there was the there was the budget and there was the wherewithal to fly radio television television whoever, newspaper people out,
3: to cover these press junkets for movies that were emerging. Dude, I was the only Minnesota reporter when Prince was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Holy shit. I was in the room when he played while my guitar gently weeps. Oh, no, no, and threw it into the sky.
0: Yes. Oh, I was in the room. Right, such I an was incredible. in the room. Before, before <laughs> we get to that, before we get to Prince, because that's how we're going to end the show tonight, yeah, yeah. I want to know, like, so, you know, you have to sit in rooms where the, the artist has already. Waldorf Astoria, by the way. Uh, well, fine. Waldo for story. <laughs> but you sit in in ballrooms or small side rooms yeah, yeah. where a very popular Hollywood star is sitting next to a poster for the film. Yeah. You have to ask questions. I'm sure most of them were gamers because the people who are successful in life, as you and I both know, are the ones who know. They're like, all right, this is 10 minutes. I can turn it on. Right. Fine. And I can tell a couple of funny jokes, a couple of good stories. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's not that hard to... Do your job, which is the whole thing that I brought about Elvis Costello earlier. But I'm also certain that you've run across artists who are like, not in the fucking mood. (laughs) Not in the fucking mood. Here's
3: what I found. Typically, the bigger the name, the nicer they are. Tom Hanks. True. Tom Cruise gets out of his seat and shakes your hand. You know, all the the bigger the name, the nicer they are. Because they know how to do it. Yeah, yeah uh however tommy lee jones notorious oh yeah really oh yeah he is uh he is he is does he not your, suffer
0: fools is he your elvis costello
3: well no, I, I was able to i was able to get him on my side but yeah there were several reporters that come out of there shaking their heads and more than once you know right, right. but uh I, I got to interview him the probably the best one was no country for old men because i had the cohen brothers in
4: my oh. pocket i had oh. the minnesota
3: connection yeah yeah in my pocket right. so i immediately you know threw that card on the table minnesota con brothers you must like and then now the dance was on and he was willing to to dance with me but... but
0: that's the whole bit so like again when you do these sorts of things i was never trying to be part of the uh, a protege or part of the the entourage I, I never really wanted to be but i always did my homework i always respected the people yeah. i was sitting down with and made sure that i was ready to go never trying to kiss their ass
3: but sometimes i have a war story Oh, the, oh the please worst story. by all means Russell Crowe oh. oh, Russell really? Crowe
0: Well he's got a
3: reputation for yeah. not being the it best it, dude and it wasn't mean the way this typically works is the top 15 markets get invited sometimes the top 20 yeah. for this movie he wanted uh, he wanted it to work the studio did it was Master and Commander it was going to be a a franchise it's a series of books uh, it's, uh, the, it's like a the pirate, pirate ship, ship movie yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah. right yeah so <laughs> This lady from Des Moines, she'd never been on one of these. She's nervous as hell. She's sweating. She's fretting. Her notebook is crinkled. I say, you know, you'll be fine. You don't get a lot of time. Uh, You know, just uh, enjoy it and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you'll be fine. Make it simple. Keep it basic. She goes in. She comes out in tears. It was horrible. horrible." I go, what happened? She said, "Uh, so did you have to learn sword fighting for Master Commander? And he yelled at me. Haven't you seen Gladiator? Oh my god! Wow! wow. <laughs> like, oh, dude! What, what a dick! <laughs> yeah, what but a fucking I, dick. He and I had ever uh, had gone back because his dad calls him Rusty. So every time I come in, I go, "Hey, Rusty." Go, "Hey, Rusty." So it's a different vibe. But <laughs> that, that, that was a. Dick but you'd move. already established that. <laughs> that was a dick move on his part. It but was, There you go. That's
0: just yeah. But here's the day. Here's the deal. We all have bad days. Sean, have you ever had a bad day? Not once. Okay. Well, <laughs> other than Sean, we've all had bad sure. days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um It's um, and you know, and and again, I understand there there how tiresome it can be talking to because I've met a lot of my colleagues as you, you have, have yours. Yeah. You know, when people would come into Studio C, I would have to put in a good 10 minutes of work to make them realize, I gave a shit about the artist. I gave a shit about the right. music. Because a lot of times they go, they like go to a place, like... Hey, boxers are briefs. Hey, we're about to sing the Friday morning fart song. Like, you know, like like that. that like, I'm like, I love the Friday morning fart song. Yeah, well, I mean, a... who doesn't love their Friday? <laughs>
6: yeah. Who no. doesn't
1: but love their... The problem is,
0: it's like, you know, an artist, like, so they go through... The, right. When they go through periods of promo, whether it be an actor or a musician or whoever, it can be exhausting. And so I went out of my way to be like at least relatively informed. Sure. I don't want to be the guy who like asked too many questions. Like, Oh, you know, I understand that your, your blood type is B Uh, negative. I didn't want to be that guy, but I wanted to be respectful of who they are and what they've done. And once they relaxed, and the reason I did it, not because I wanted to be friends, but because if you do that to an artist, you know, whether you're interviewing them or whether they're performing in studio C, they relax. You get a better interview. You get a better performance. And you gain, as you said, when you could call him Rusty, <laughs> yeah. you gain their respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh- Rusty, we got to wrap things up. We're in an hour right now. Before we get to our last song, which is going to be by n- none other than His Purple Majesty. Yeah. Um, if people, If people want to get in touch with you, if people want to know what you're up to, What's the best go-to for
3: them? So I'm about to fire up my website again, rgatenby.com. Um, oh, R-Gatenby. you spell that, please? R-G-A-T-E-N-B-Y.com. Uh, uh, I'm on uh, CCO every Friday morning. Yep. Just kind of, you know, I'm in the uh, the... I'm in the ninth inning of my career. So I'm just Welcome kinda... to the freaking club, Gatenby. Welcome <laughs> to the freaking ch- club. I'm just kinda chilling. I'm loving what's going on at CCO. They've yeah. been uh, they've been great to me. It's been gosh, two thousand six years over there. Well, so for as people who, movie guy.
0: For, and again, I know that it's impossible to imagine that no one that there's anyone who isn't <laughs> listening, but if they aren't, what are you doing Friday mornings over there?
3: So coming up this Friday, it's uh Kevin Bacon. Since the uh since the uh COVID thing, I've been broadcasting for my man cave. And so this Zoom, you know what the hell is Zoom Oh man, I'm getting tired
0: of Zoom. Yeah. I, I mean it's great. Uh, what I'm discussing but also uh
3: <laughs> now it's yeah. Zoom. So anyway, we uh he zoomed with me in my man cave. So I'm gonna have a bacon bit on Friday. All right, very good. And that's WCCO at what time? Uh, about six forty in the
0: morning. Okay, and so you Minnesota's can,
3: most watched.
0: You can still listen at eight thirty a.m. But are we talking TV or is it not on the radio? It's TV. It's TV, television, oh, yeah. like Channel Four. Channel Four. I'm on Channel Four, baby. Oh, t- television. Yeah. yeah. Well, La T
3: Fucking dog. <laughs> Jason De Russia. He was here. Yeah. Yeah. He's, no. He he has he's been my play here. partner. Oh well. Yeah. That's right. I've seen him pop a wheelie. What's your point? <laughs> and seen. <laughs> uh, Rusty?
0: Two things. Two yes. things before we go. Yes. yes. Promise me you'll come back and do this again. Okay. I got more songs. I got some like more Solemn promise. Like I feel like we should like burn ourselves on a, on ah. embers or something. Ah. He's like, okay, all right, yeah, sure. I got sure. more songs. No, man. that sounds great. <laughs> uh, you know, you have more songs. This last song, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to this last song. I do need to thank our sponsors, uh, Smart Start MN, uh, also Busters on 28th, who are still open, active, at it, doing their thing. And you can
1: order online. What? Oh, really? Yes.
0: And it's really great to have them. Uh, thanks to Sean. You bet. You died realty. Uh, Audio Quip, all the people who have done our photography, our artwork. It's, uh, it's really hard to imagine how, I mean, the, the last... Many months have been unusual for most of us. For me personally, the world got turned upside down late last summer, and um, the number of people who have jumped on board has been humbling and uh, and really, really amazing. And so thank you to all of our Patreon members. Thank you to the people who come to our ev- events. Well, when we could still have events. But <laughs> in the not-too-distant future, we will have more events. So thank you everybody who listens, promotes, promotes, uh, Chairs, all that stuff. Uh, so as we get to our last song here, mm-hmm. you were at the induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Prince, for this, uh, for the performance
3: where he, mm-hmm. at
0: the end of oh. uh, While My Guitar Gently <clears throat> Weeps, throws it into the
3: crowd. Yes. So hey, funny, too, because uh, he was rehearsing. The opening set is as amazing as that While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Mm-hmm. Prince opens that that broadcast and the doors are supposed to open at uh, like 8 and now it's 8 10 and now it's 8 15 and i'm in line he's like,
0: never been punctual yeah
3: he's never been punctual in front of me is like because george harrison was being dug the yoko ono's yep. in front yep. of me and all you know everyone's starting to grumble wait, and wait, wait, bitch. you're
0: standing in line with yoko ono mm-hmm jesus god yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: you so, just lose a tooth. We, I just I so I was putting my hand back to my face. I just
0: smashed myself in the face of wow. a microphone, you're but gonna I'm fine. Have, you're gonna I'm blood blind. urine. You're going to blood. It's so not a helicopter fine. crash. It's called blood pee, <laughs> blood not blood urine.
3: You're going to have blood pee. Um so cut to Google that opening number. Like within Two minutes, or ne- within the opening minute, it was evident why he was rehearsing, because he was going to kill with his opening set. Uh-uh. You know, suddenly Yoko Ono's standing on her chair. She's clapping and loving it. So, yes. Then at the end, he had this uh, guitar solo prepared. He evidently showed up to rehearsal and didn't reveal the guitar solo to to the extent that he ripped it off. But So he had a guy up front that he at one point he falls back, and the guy catches him, you know, and then pushes him back up. Well, that's the dude that catches the guitar.
0: Well, and so... A couple of apocryphal things about that is that the guitar just vanished and got broken right. and sold for millions of dollars. No, there was a guy who was there to catch yeah, the guitar. Yeah. The other apocryphal thing is that shortly thereafter, someone asked Eric Clapton, what's it like to be the best guitar player in the world? And he's like, I don't know. Go ask Prince. Yeah. Also never happened. Oh, but he didn't? No, that's not a, that's not a true story. Oh, shoot. It, 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 well, again, but that Dang being it. said, watch Prince play guitar and... I don't know. You want to? That's one of his. You want to listen to Derek of the Dominoes,
4: or <laughs> you want to
3: you want to listen to Prince? Uh, Rusty, thank you very much. This was this song you are going to close with is a, another one because this was a college song, and Prince, Michael Jackson was everything. Thriller was out. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and I being a hometown guy down in Badgertown, Madison, would put this on and go, "This is the guy you got to listen to," and it worked. It got everyone's attention.
0: Absolutely, I, I, I have no argument. It's <laughs> off his best record whatsoever. Rusty, thank you. Sean, thank you.
1: Thank you, Rusty. And, I love you.
3: Oh, <laughs> are you popping your wheelie? I am. Pop a
0: wheelie. <laughs>
5: the <laughs>